Okay, good evening. Uh, another program here with Girls Must Talk, and uh, I hope everybody's doing well in their homes and uh, listening to quality programs. Um, you can listen to us through jewishpodcast.fm, and we are, like we said, Girls Must Talk. We have another series. We have a beautiful um, guest today. Her name is Bobby Gertz. I mean, Bobby Bracha, and uh, Bobby Bracha, Bobby Bracha, and uh, she has so much uh, wisdom, and she's going to tell us uh, a little bit about her background. Uh, so, Bobby Bracha, here I have, uh, I want to ask you a little bit of how was, how was your journey from when you were a teenager, we're not asking years but when you were a teenager till today what can you what can you teach us from all those years of active reality living in the United States wow well right now I'm speaking from Jerusalem Jerusalem the holy city the city of David the city of Mashiach and I have the privilege to be here after all these years I started out in New York and I ended up in New York even though I lived in many places in America. And I had this one, um, one, one thing about my life, at least as I recall it now. And as um, Soshana called me Bobby Baraha, that's because I'm not just a Bobby grandma, which how I'm named after my Bobby. Uh, but I am a great grandma, and so I have all these years beautiful. to try to learn. Mm -hmm. What? Beautiful. Uh, the, yeah, that's so beautiful. All, all, all these, well, I have all these years to try to learn, to try to grow, and find that there's always so much more to accomplish, so much more to do. And just when you think you're getting uh, on top of things and now you're all grown up and now you understand life, let me assure everyone it's a process and we're all in this process. Beautiful. So, Can you tell us a little bit, where did you grow up and what part of New York? I actually, my early life was mostly on Long Island in a very affluent suburban area that I found very uncomfortable except for my own personal family. I had a religious family, uh, what you call religious, they observed Shabbos and Shabbat and kosher and came from two sets of very religious grandparents who went through a lot in order to in order to keep the uh, keep the Torah and keep our way of life. But in those days, and this goes back to the Second World War, when I sat on the beach and watched my mother catch two German spies. Wow. And so we were very aware of what was going on at that time in Europe. But of course, we weren't suffering the way they were. But we lived it, and we felt it, and I had nightmares about it because I even was one of the lucky ones that went to a Jewish day school. In those days, it was for boys and girls, but it was already a miracle that there was an education for girls at that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It would be much better 
not with girls and boys, and that's another thing to ask me about education because the, yeah, we'll we'll have another program. A, most of my life I've been a teacher, Beautiful. but I have a, a master's degree in music therapy, Beautiful. working with families and people, special education. Beautiful. was a principal of a girls' high school, and how to I got to all that from yes. starting out on Long Island in a in a, a little Jewish day school in a nice little house. And not uh, my family did not go into all the materialistic things. We generally focus a lot more on values and on the, on the beauty of nature and on family times together. Beautiful. Nevertheless, I had in me all that time this longing and searching and almost a painful discomfort for looking for the what you call the meaning of life what am i doing here what is this world all about were you and were you I young am, how I, young were you how young were you when you questioned i i you know i could tell you it really goes very far back mm -hmm. and my happiest time was when i started well as a young very you know going back memories i was I, I, I was sent to some sort of a preschool at the age of about three and a half. Mm -hmm. And I come home and I said, Mom, Mommy, mm -hmm. I don't want to go to that school. She talks to us like we're babies. Wow. So my mind, so she took me out of there. Well, there's some sort of a nice place, but it just, uh -huh. I had this frame of mind. And that the next was... thing I knew, I was getting enrolled in this uh, in this day school, mm -hmm. and I'm meeting the a woman, a female principal, so secular part of the program, and it was just absolutely heaven. Also had a lot of creativity, um, and it was rather Zionistic, very uh, orthodox oriented to mm -hmm. to our heritage, the beauty of our of our tradition. But it is not the level of Torah learning that the girls have available now. Nevertheless, I had more than most every Jewish woman in America. Mm -hmm. And I found that out when I had seven women that I had taught for seven years until I left. About two years ago, I left San Diego, California to move to Jerusalem. You made Aliyah. You, you made Aliyah. Mm -hmm. What? You made Aliyah, which was beautiful. Should... I made real Aliyah finally. I sent my children, I sent my grandchildren. Beautiful. Uh, that was the orientation of our life, was the love of Israel and the uh, realizing it's really our homeland, our goal. The goal is to live as Jews in our Jewish land. It was part of our my education as well. Beautiful. My family's orientation. My, Bracha. My so his father was a traveled here, brought, raised money for years and years from before the Second World War. He traveled here and brought money to help uh, poor Jews here, to help Jews get out of uh, Europe. Um, and he was friends with some of the most famous rabbis in Israel. And this all had an influence on my life. But nevertheless, I was a thinking, questioning kid. And when I would ask the teachers, in those days, the Jewish knowledge was so um, 
simple that mm-hmm. when I would ask the Jewish teachers, how come you teach us that the world's six billion, million, quadrillion years old, and then every Friday in school we have a Shabbos party and a boy stands up and makes Kiddush, the world was created in six days, the seventh day is Shabbos, and the girls lit, uh, you know, candles, we had a model Shabbos, and I said, well, how do you say there was six days now? How do you say six billion? You know that the, the teachers, except for one rabbi I had in seventh grade, really didn't know the answers. And so wow. that leads wow. kids with questions. The Lubavitch mm-hmm. Rebbe says, tell children the truth. Right. Don't give them stories. Right. And yet people didn't know how to tell the truth in those days. So that mm-hmm. left me saying... Well, I don't really know why you're doing all these different rituals. I don't even under, you know, yeah. it was like beautiful family life. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And at the age of 15, I contracted an illness in which I was in a coma for five days. Oh, my God. I mean, a, a week. Yeah. I was in a coma for a week. Uh-huh. It was uh, something that nobody had ever survived at that time. Mm-hmm. And at some point I heard, as a person in the coma, actually hears and sees what's going on around them, Mm -hmm. because this is the the level of Kabbalah, of uh, of consciousness. Part of our Torah that's now being revealed, that it's not really our eyes and ears that see and hear, even though they're important, but actually our soul does. That's right. And I heard people saying that I wasn't going to survive. Wow. And I was 15, I was in tremendous pain, but I said, wait a minute. (laughs) Right. All I knew is I was sick and in pain. Wow. I didn't, wasn't, you couldn't think, but mm. at that moment, mm. I made a promise to God. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, you okay, Bracha? This is hard. Okay, no, you know, you don't have to, you don't want, you know. Anyway, I, I want, I want uh, What do you inspire? women travelers yeah. to hear yeah. that at that moment though I was completely paralyzed wow. and my jaws were locked wow. and I couldn't speak and I was hooked up to kinds of wires that they don't even have today but it left me with certain kind of scars wow. in order to just keep me alive but only because my mother and my family were fighting for me otherwise they would have given up no but that's the beauty promise, which, yeah. I, um, which I don't to this day tell anybody but the moment and only in my mind yes the actual Torah says you must speak for something to have real action but I suppose it was understood that was the closest I could do because I couldn't even speak the moment I made the promise I woke up wow how beautiful how beautiful just about gone there was some residual aches and pains and my sister was sitting in the room, uh, as you know, watching over me, taking turns with the family. Beautiful. And I burst out to her what happened, yeah. the visions I saw at that moment. Beautiful. Beautiful. And yet, and yet, because of the lack of real, the complete Torah education and all, all I was going to do from then on until I was about 30 years old was search. 
Wow. I had a very great um, so my, faith and love in being a Jew. But may I, I, may, may I ask, my, may I ask, you felt that there was a listener on the other side? When you were when you I, no, I, I, you always feel God's presence. Okay, and very when, good. So when you're about to leave this world, believe me. Yeah, you no, feel but them but very it's important, close. bracha. It's important that uh, today's girls and generations, you know, they're they're still in the searching mode. We are all are searching, right? Right. Yes. So yes, what what definitely. do you what do you what advice do you give them with, with this beautiful miracle that you that you that you just told us? What can you really tell us, uh, or what advice for the girls, you know, they're out there feeling, you know, isolated and everything. What, what, what is your advice to them? Yes, that's a very common feeling. There's even a book by Yoshebeir Soloveitchik of Blessed Memory, who was the head of Yeshiva University. It was something like the lonely man of God or something like that. That we're born alone and we go out alone. Mm -hmm. And even though we look for our other half, and hopefully most of us find our other half and, and are meant to live in a harmonious beautiful relationship and home situation, there's still a certain time when it's us and Hashem but, and, mm -hmm. and God. And, mm -hmm. and, and His love for us is so enormous and yet the confusion of the world can make us not even be aware of it sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that I recovered like that and had no residue, basically no residue. My family might question you whether I have anything residual from that illness. Oh, that's not uh, true. <laughs> she has a sense of humor. I love Bobby Bracha because she has a great sense of humor. Doctors who came to me and said, uh, one young doctor, he was very handsome, let me tell you. Mm. And I was only 15, and this handsome doctor was on the five-doctor team to try to save the life of this young woman that they couldn't even figure out what was wrong with till mm. my mother helped them. That's a, wow. These are longer stories. Wow. But, so, but, he comes into me and he said, I want to talk to you. I wanted to talk to you because I wanted to find out why you lived, wow. why you survived. Who asked you this? And as a kid, I, I didn't know what to answer. What I answered was, and it's feelings that you find difficult to put into words, but it says, well, I think that life is a miracle and I wanted to live. Wow, how beautiful, how beautiful, but how beautiful. That, that's still a truth. It is a truth. But I didn't understand our, our real, true, and complete, and detailed, and very specific, and very loving relationship we have with God, who's all the time trying to help us find our way home. So, and I, I, so I have a question. For some reason, I was still like wandering in the darkness. I, I graduated high school mm -hmm. and went on to college to major in philosophy. Wow, how beautiful. Because I'm going to find out, the, you know, all these great philosophers and great thinkers, and I was a big reader of great of classic literature, mm -hmm. not just English, American, Russian, beautiful. French. In those days, yeah, they used to study all these. Mostly, in, in translation, of course. Right. And um, all the time, there were tremendous things happening in the world. Uh huh. With you know, uh, after the war, with the signing that Israel was given the right to have this little sliver of land 
that was not even all over the Holy Land. And I do remember that at 10 years old, um, coming into school, 1948. How interesting. Our Jewish school, mm-hmm. our Jewish school said, well, you, you know, you used to speak in this accent. Mm-hmm. We have only a couple of minutes. We have four little minutes. Uh, just to, to well, wrap it up for this first. I, I wanted to finish one thing yes. very quickly. Yes, please. No, no, it's okay. And for seven years in San Diego, I taught seven women. Hmm, how beautiful. Who had no background in Yiddish practically at all. One woman had a lot of Yiddish. Yeah. But, the, but the school she went to had nothing about Yiddishkeit, about Judaism, right. just the language. And she has very funny stories about that. So I but have a question for you. I have a question for you. I have a question. They're my age, yes. or a little bit younger, mm-hmm. one a little older, meaning yes. grandmothers, great-grandmothers, and all of that. Yes. And the whole class began... Yes. Because I was in school mainly with a lot of them, and hearing them every week, the gossiping in the back, but it wasn't bad gossip. It was talking about different pains and aches they had in their life, yes. problems in their life, losses, uh, losing loved ones, other challenges. So yes. one time I said to them, no, you don't know me really. I was fairly new there at the time. But I have training in grief counseling, and I could tell you that there's practically nothing you could tell me that happened in your life that I didn't also experience. Beautiful. And that turned out true. Beautiful. That means losses of loved ones. That means yeah. marriage, divorce. Wow. That means handicapped children in certain cases. Mm-hmm. It meant all kinds of things. And after uh, they came and they listened, Beautiful. The are you a Republican or a Democrat? Mm-hmm. So I thought, what a strange question. I said to them, I'm a Jew first, <laughs> an American second. <gasps> and you. Both Trump, I think, is good at the time. I have a different opinion now, but we're not going into <laughs> No, no, we're not into politics here. We're into the journey. So, what I think my Shana wants to hear about yeah. is that a Jew is driven to action. It is part of our soul. Because... Because this is a world of action. The idea behind the Torah that we were given at Mount Sinai is this is what we are supposed to do, and this is what we're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it's action, because this is a physical world in which we make an impact by what we do that could be good, and it could be, and it could bring light, and
and kindness and goodness and friendship, Beautiful. but it can also increase darkness, God forbid. God forbid. And I was still out there searching till I was really 30. Did I really suddenly wake up like a flash of light? Hmm. And I was always saying, I know you're out there, God, but why don't you ever tell us what we're supposed to do? Exactly. Because what I had experienced in a, in a, or in a observant life didn't answer my deep philosophical question. So you're saying that the, that the connection, the connection was lacking. There, they had, there was a lot, there was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, learning uh, from the book and the theories, but there was no connection with the Almighty. Is that what you mean? Well, you know, uh, one of my my grandparents spoke Yiddish. Mm-hmm. My parents spoke Yiddish, but did not teach us to speak Yiddish. They were so happy we're learning Hebrew, the you know, our the the language of our country and all. So. Um, so I never really spoke to my grandfather. I learned everything by watching him. Wow. It's like one of these one of these novels where this father refused to speak to his son and blah blah blah. Well, it was sort of it wasn't meant on purpose. It, wow. He wanted us to learn Beautiful. He really English. He thought that was a, a language that maintained the Jews for eight, nine hundred years. Beautiful. It was important to him. Beautiful. But now I can tell you the memories of my grandfather that didn't need words. Mm. However, I'll just jump quickly what I know Shoshana yes. wants me to talk about because I talked about a Jew and action. First of all, at a certain moment at the age of maybe 29 or something, and I remember where I was standing. I don't know why the answer came at that moment, but I had studied philosophy, Descartes, the French philosopher said, uh, what is it, cogito ergo sum, uh, something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I think, therefore, I am, and that never quite hit the spot for me. Mm -hmm. But at that moment, I said, uh, I think, I don't know why God doesn't at least tell us exactly what he wants us to do. Isn't that funny? <laughs> because of course he did. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I said, Cogito ergo sum. No, I can explore all the all the philosophers with reason and analysis and and science, but the answer doesn't lie in the in the realm of reason. Right. It lies in a realm higher and deeper. Beautiful. The soul. I just thought of it myself, mm -hmm. but I really believe it was a gift from above. Because at this moment, it was like a flash of light that I said, I have a soul, therefore I am. And he... Beautiful. And he, and he must have told us exactly what to do. And I went shopping and bought two Shabbos candlesticks. Mm -hmm. And I started introducing into my home with my two children at the time some uh, Shabbos observance and it's like turning the world upside down. They knew about Hanukkah, a little bit, Pesach, nothing. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I saw this is, this is the path to peace. This is the path to, to, um, to everything that will bring a better and peaceful so, would you would you repeat bracha bracha? Could you repeat? Uh, I have a soul. I I I have a soul. Therefore, I am. I am. Therefore, that's why I exist. 
life is because I was given a soul from a deeper place than just reason and science. That's limited. Yeah. Science is always changing. A reason, so I studied through the Greek philosophers, and I've read mm -hmm. philosophers, mm -hmm. and the ethics philosophers. I even had one philosophy professor that all the students adored at the University of Michigan teach an ethics course. He was substituting for someone who had gotten sick, and he had never taught ethics before. Uh -huh. And he said, but the students used to follow him around, like you follow around a Rebbe. Yes. You know, and ask him questions, and he always had good answers. Wow. I didn't buy all of it, but I was listening. Beautiful. And at the end of the ethics course, now ethics means morals, how a person's, how people are supposed to behave and all. And at the end he said, now that I see what a big mess the ethics philosophers have made of this whole topic, I'm never going to teach ethics again. Yeah, that's so sweet. <laughs> well, that's so sweet. Find the answers. I know I didn't find the answers there anyway. Yes. But I still didn't the answers to my question. Very nice, now, Bracha. I we have uh, three minutes. Three minutes. Two, two more sentences because this is the main thing that I think Shoshana wanted me to talk about. Yes. Because of believing, you have to be active and you have to do good things in this world. I and I uh, influence my husband. I've been an ex-husband for many years, and I remarried after that very happily. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I even influenced him, and we got very, very involved in the civil rights movement in the '60s. I have pictures. I know all the songs by heart. Beautiful. Uh, I definitely cannot be accused of a racist because I like President Trump. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. I was involved. But I ran a freedom center in the Chicago's really, mm. really difficult neighborhood of the South Side. Okay. And from here, that's where I really took off. And that was before the insight of I have a soul, therefore I am. I just know we have to do good. This is an important issue. We have to help people. And it was based on certain philosophies of um, everybody is a big deal on the, on, the, on the famous Indian person who could fast for a hundred and something days. Uh, We're not about that. About <laughs> We're not about that. We're about... We're about no, we're um, not, but nevertheless, yes. the fact that he, his philosophy was to be uh, nonviolent, and that's where the uh, American black people picked up this whole idea of peaceful demonstrations and fighting for their rights in that way. It, it, that's not a bad thing. Beautiful. But mm -hmm. the thing is, I was very involved until, uh, um, and, and, uh, until one day I walked into one of the meetings, and most of these were wonderful people. The leaders of the group I was part of were very, but they were conservative black people. Mm -hmm. If you understand anything about the movement, you'll call me another time and I'll explain it. Yeah, maybe, uh, Bobby. The black people have their own divisions, and if somebody's too nice and too conservative and not angry enough, they're not with the mainstream, and it mm -hmm. got worse at that particular time. Mm -hmm. the, the idea of Malcolm X and the violence of hating all white people started to grow, and I walked into one of the meetings to present my report on the Freedom Center I ran, mm -hmm. and one black fellow turned to me and said, what are you doing here, whitey? Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, 
I can't explain. It wasn't that everybody talked like that. But I turned around and walked out. And I went home and I said, I've been putting my life. I could be working. I have at that point just three children. And uh, it was hard what I was doing and running the home and everything. And I said, I put everything, my heart and soul, you know those words. Yes, when heart and soul. Mm-hmm. That's right, and right. Your heart and soul right. into helping them, making a black history course. They had their families taken away. They had their language taken away and all this. And I said, what about me? Right, well, me I meaning said, Jewish? What about me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Our basic Torah documents yes. that we received at Mount Sinai with witnesses. Yes. It's, it's, it's the whole world accepts that as the basic book of, of truth and 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 and, uh, and God's word and yes. commandments. Mm-hmm. How many? How much will it cost God? He said it's free. We said we'll take two. <laughs> no, that means the two tablets. The two tablets. So uh huh. The joke is, I'll take ten. You know, but it's but, but the thing was, I said to myself, I can't open a chumash and really read it. I never learned enough Hebrew in that school too. I can't open my own books. I don't know my own language, and right. I'm helping people because I feel so sorry what was taken away from them. What about me? There I don't it. know really enough about my own history and my roots and what it is I'm doing here. I so that's that's why I, you started I, learning I, about I, Torah. The moment of insight that I have a soul there before I am Beautiful. came later. Nevertheless, yeah. I started observing certain things that I said, wait a minute, you know, this is how a Jew eats, this is how a Jew lives, this is how a Jew thinks. And I, I, I knew things from having lived. Thank God I had more more um, family experience than a lot of American Jews. Yes. America has changed so much. There's not one place you can go now where a person can get some sort of Jewish education. Beautiful. Now you press the buttons. Yes. And you can go anywhere and learn all the deepest secrets of the Torah in any language you speak. Beautiful. It's become a world of miracles. Beautiful. But it wasn't like that then. Yes. Then I was still alone, isolated. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And one of these things led to the last thing I want to just mention is that 1994, mm-hmm. that's jumping ahead quite a few years. Mm-hmm. In 1994, when I had already returned to Judaism, gone to three different Jewish women's seminaries to learn more, to fill up my my background and the details and, and answer some of my questions, mm-hmm. and, um, and I said... Look at all the Jewish kids out there. Yeah. And I could relate to it. I could relate to the fact that you could want to know and there's nothing to know, but now the information, the translations have begun to develop. And I had this that I could learn online. And people yeah. ask me, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I made a corporation called Jewish World Online. Mm-hmm. And it sat there while mm-hmm. I was doing things with my family, but the whole idea was that a child in, uh, 
Exactly. We're, we're, we're now part of... What is your I last? I would be happy, Shoshana, if you want to give out yes. either my email or something. So what we're going to do, Bobby, Bobby Bracha, Bobby Bracha, we are going to do the following. We're going to make a series with Bobby Bracha. And little by little, any questions that you might have, we are happy to, you know, uh, write. I have an email called Girls Must Talk at okay, gmail.com and and uh, we will you know we will have another series please write your questions you know bracha's story is very very important for us she teaches us that you know uh she came from a religious background but she was not inspired in in a, in a medical situation um Hashem put her and tested her and there she was. She passed the test. Not only did she pass the test, she finally got a connection with with the Almighty. And from there she has grown and taught other people. And it's it's something that we want to continue listening. But we came to the end of our program. But uh, we really like uh, you to keep on listening to our programs. And we would love to help you out and make you feel that you are a blessing that Hashem has created. Well, now we will say good night. Good night, Bobby Bracha. And we'll see you in the next in the next program. Thank you very much. Thank you, Shoshana, Thank you. my dear friend. May Thank I you. mention, I'm allowed to put in a plug for my uh, YouTube site, which is Bracha Things. And that's all. Just get on YouTube and put in Bracha Things. There are four songs. There's a picture of me when I was young. But, and you will see some pretty pictures and hear songs in Hebrew. Beautiful. English. Okay, so you, you got it. Okay, thank you very much. And, uh, uh, that's my plug. Thank uh, you. So it's Bracha, B-R-A-C-H-A, Things. That's it. Just keep trying. You'll get me. Because since I did that, there seems to be a hundred brachas. Wow. I that I'm the only bracha on there. Now everybody yeah. named the bracha is singing on YouTube. How beautiful. Okay, okay thank, thank you, you very much. Thank, thank you. you.